0: Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash audio. Visit IXL.com slash audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price.
1: Walker puts up the last shot. It counts
2: to make the margin 3 9188 Illinois. Is the Big Ten Tournament Champion.
0: It's BetQL Daily with Joe Ostrowski on the BetQL Audio Network.
2: Joe Ostrowski along with Preston Johnson on this Tuesday at BetQL Daily on Twitter. Talking a lot of college hoops as we get set for the tournament to get going later on in the week. And now on the show, we welcome in Kevin Kugler at Kevin Kugler on Twitter. Play-by-play broadcaster for Westwood One. He's going to be on the call with P.J. Carlissimo from Indianapolis. How are you doing, Kevin? I'm great. Thanks for having me on, guys. Uh, thanks for uh, jumping on. So, tell us uh, the setup for you. We have all these uh, various locations in Indiana. Are you are you going to be at one specific stadium throughout much of the tournament? Do you have all your games set? How's that going to work?
1: Well, no. I, the the answer to your second question is no. I don't have all my games set yet. I know what I'm doing Friday, but we won't know what we have Sunday until. Friday night when all things are done. So Saturday is going to be a, a busy day of prepping, trying to figure out who I'm who I'm seeing, and crossing my fingers that maybe I've seen a couple of them somewhere on the road to uh, to Indy during the course of the regular season. But I'm uh, I'm in Bankers Life Fieldhouse the whole time this weekend. So I have a I have a set location. There are some of our crews, and we have ten crews total that'll be floating around. Some will do games in Bloomington, and then they'll come to Indy for a game. Some will be at different sites in Indy. It's a unique year, obviously, and a very unique tournament, and we'll we'll see how it goes. I'm 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 kind of flying blind. I've been doing the NTA tournament since 2006 with Westwood One, and i I don't remember a year I've ever gone into it with, with with less knowledge about where <laughs> I'm going to be and what I'm going to be doing.
2: Well. Yeah, I, it's, it's going to be tough. But one, one thing I, I did notice with a lot of the coverage and just the reaction over the last couple of days as we're all getting amped up for the tournament is uh, a tradition unlike any other. Usually you have coaches that are very mad that we're on the bubble that did not get into the tournament. I didn't see much complaining. And the same thing with a lot, I'd say the majority of fan bases, not, not, not too many that upset about the seating either because we're all just happy there's going to be a tournament.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a big part of it, too. And I was a little bit surprised because I'm so accustomed to it. In fact, one of the things you always do after the selection show is you go find the fan base that's upset, and you read some of their tweets, and they're angry about this. And there there really wasn't any. I mean, it was was sort of a, yeah, I get why we weren't in. and, And you're right. I think everybody's just kind of pinching themselves that, okay, the tournament's back it's on different days. It's a little, it's going to be a little weird on Thursday when we don't have games starting at 11 a.m. Central time. Like all of us who grew up in, in the central time zone, we're used to kids, but uh, it's, it's still going to be there. We're still going to have games. We're all going to be excited to see the tournament. And, and I think it's got the potential to be a really interesting tournament. Cause outside of the top four seeds, I think there's a lot of, a lot of equality, a lot of parody, if you will, in the seeds below that. I I don't know that I see a lot of people picking chalk or picking three out of the four number one seeds. I think below those number one seeds, you could see almost anything happen.
2: Uh, Take us behind the scenes a little bit. I I know you don't only work for Westwood one, done a lot of stuff for big 10 network. Uh, Have you been traveling all year? Uh, It's been a mix. So
1: this last week I traveled, we were in Indy the entire week for the big 10 tournament. And then I went and did the SEC tournament for Westwood one in Nashville. So I did travel. For all of that I did probably I did for television this year I did 52 basketball games I would say maybe 30 of them were in my basement in a basement studio that was set up for me for the from the folks at Big Ten and Fox and the rest of that was on site so it was kind of a blend of games in person and not in person and uh, it uh, you know I, I, like every other broadcaster being in person is always better it's always more enjoyable. You don't have the delay or any of the other technical foibles you might have if you're doing it at home. But you know, being at home, getting the chance to do games, it, it allowed me to work. And I was very happy about that.
3: Hey, Kevin, Preston here. Let's transition a little bit into the actual games and teams that we have at hand. One of the things that I think stands out the most to me from season to season in the bracket is everyone trying to obviously pick the upset, what's going to happen, which is the 12th seed or or maybe even a lower seed that's going to make a run. The one that's the most popular right now is Winthrop over Villanova. And I understand why. I know Colin Gillespie for Villanova. I want you to tell us what you know about Jay Wright, how he can prepare his team, what he does as a coach, that even without Gillespie, in my opinion, I think they're kind of getting overlooked, and understandably so. But why is it that Villanova can still make a run in this dance despite Gillespie's departure, or I should say injury?
1: Well, I think because Villanova knows what they have to do when they get to situations like that, and I don't think that's something that you can underrate when it comes to a tournament situation. These guys, for the most part, have all been through this. Jermaine Samuels, Cosby Roundtree is going to be you know, not a part of this thing, but he's going to be on the bench helping out. Jermaine Samuels, Justin Moore, assuming he comes back, and it sounds like there's a possibility he might, can really pick up the slack that you don't have with Colin Gillespie on the floor this is a team that shares the basketball extremely well. They take care of the basketball and that's beyond Colin Gillespie. They're a good second half team. So Jay Wright makes excellent halftime adjustments. They don't, they're not going to contest a lot of shots. They're not going to cause you a lot of problems from a, from an interior perspective as a shot blocking team, but they have balance on offense. A lot of guys can hit threes. They don't rely on one specific person to hit those threes. So if you take care of the basketball, you hit a few threes, you make a good halftime adjustment. And Jay Wright has done that throughout his career and especially this season, because in the second half, they're outscoring their opponents by over six points per game in the second half of games this season. So, you know, you look at, you know, if you're a second half person, you like to look at that. They are a team that makes excellent adjustments at halftime. I think that's a big, big part of why Jay Wright has been successful. They haven't lost the game in 19 straight when they've had the lead at halftime. People think halftime adjustments are just all about coming from behind. Halftime adjustments are also about maintaining a lead that you take into the locker room. And if they lead at halftime, at least this year, they haven't coughed it up.
0: Mm.
2: Uh, with Westwood One's Kevin Kugler, this is Joe Ostrowski and Preston Johnson. This is BetQL Daily. Uh, let, let's hit on the Big Ten here. So the uh, Michigan Wolverines get the one in the East region. And the biggest talking point, of course, the injury uh, to Livers. J- just their path overall. And we have such little information on Livers. But just uh, can you also talk about the impact if he is not on the court? Get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: Yeah, I I think that's a pretty significant loss because he's an experienced guy. And this is a team that has really relied on him to make big shots. And that's, you know, he's the, he's the three point guy. He's going to get you going, um, I think that's a pretty significant loss for them if he's not able to go. And you said, you're, you know, it's, the information coming out is very, very thin on him. It will continue to be thin. Michigan doesn't give up any information on anything. Um, the key to me for them to be successful for a long run in this tournament is Franz Wagner. If he's able to find his stroke early on in this tournament, Michigan can go a long ways. Mike Smith's been a revelation for them, the Columbia transfer, who's come in and really solidified that point guard spot that Xavier Simpson left with graduation. Having Mike Smith out there running the show has been a big, big plus having Franz Wagner clicking though, is the key to this team. I know Hunter Dickinson's the big 10 freshman of the year. I know he's a tough matchup problem. I've watched him play and I think he's a fantastic player, but the, 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 the spark that will make this engine go in this tournament is Franz Wagner. If he is on like he was, for example, in the month of February where he shot 64% from the floor, if he's on in March like he was in February, Michigan will be around for a long time. If he struggles and they don't have Isaiah Livers and teams can focus most of their attention on shutting down Hunter Dickinson inside, Michigan could struggle in this tournament. Their draw is such that I like their past, but I don't know that they couldn't lose to, say, a Florida State in a Sweet 16 or even get to the Elite Eight and an Alabama could cause them some problems if they don't have Isaiah Livers. If Livers comes back and he's healthy and competitive, they can beat every single team in this field.
2: Tell us about the Ohio State Buckeyes path. It feels like for the last month or so, a lot of college basketball fans waiting for the Buckeyes to kind of slip up uh, due to their defense. They are the two seed in the South with Baylor.
1: I was surprised by the the struggles a little bit going into the Big 10 tournament. You know they lost four straight going into the Big 10 tournament and everybody was kind of scratching their head and you looked at the losses and you didn't think, okay, these I mean, they lost to the Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa and Illinois. It wasn't a it wasn't a bad loss on that mix. Those are all four teams that are in the NCAA tournament, most of them very high seeds, save Michigan State. Then they get into the tournament and they get rolling a little bit mainly because Dwayne Washington Jr gets rolling. If he can keep it up. I mean, what, if 16 points 20 points, 24 points, and 32 points in the four games in the Big Ten tournament. They lose in overtime to Illinois in the championship game. He is a game-changing type of player. If he can continue that hot streak, and we've seen it happen before, guys get hot in the conference tournament, they carry it over. I think Chris Holtman is one of the best coaches in college basketball. I think Dwayne Washington is the key to this. E.J. Liddell is going to do his thing, but he's going to draw a lot of attention. Here's the real question for me is Kyle young going to be able to play for Ohio state? Remember he left that Purdue game with a head injury, didn't come back. And Chris Holtman has said, we're probably not going to have an update on him for a while. Kyle young is sort of the, he's the heart and soul, if you will, of that team. He's the guy who's going to go do some dirty work. He's going to hit some threes. He's going to be able to, you know, bang a little bit inside with you. If he's not out there, I think that really hurts what Ohio State wants to do. They're not the deepest team in the field. And you take Kyle Young away, that puts more pressure on a guy like Seth Towns, who has had his fits and starts this year. Puts more pressure on a young guy like Satie to play significant minutes. Puts more pressure on Justice Stewing, which he provided some good sparks and good moments in the Big Ten tournament. But Kyle Young and Dwayne Washington Jr., their statuses and Dwayne Washington's ability to keep his hot streak from the Big Ten tournament That, to me, is what's going to make Ohio State a contender or a short stay in Indianapolis. I think that's the difference for this team. Can they move on from the two for a long distance, or will a team like Florida or Arkansas upend them early in the bracket?
2: Kevin, no surprise that the Big Ten has the most representatives in the tourney here. And you get plenty of love with the ones with Michigan, Illinois. We just talked about Ohio State and Iowa. But outside the top four, are there some other teams in the Big Ten that we should be discussing that could make a deep run? Well,
1: I think there's one, maybe two. And and, and Michigan State, I thought, got a really rough draw having to play in the first four considering what they did down the stretch. But I do like the I like the constitution of that team. I don't know that they have the firepower to go far, but if you want a Big Ten team that's going to make some noise, in my opinion, it's Purdue. Purdue is tough. Purdue is savvy. Purdue is young enough to not realize that this is a big deal. And let me just one other thing that I think is going to be a big factor for Purdue in this tournament. They are going to have a home court advantage. Nobody is going to have a home court advantage in this tournament quite like Purdue. Boilermaker, if you've ever been to Mackey Arena, you know it's one of the best environments in college basketball. Purdue fans are passionate. They are loud. They haven't been able to see their team other than this past weekend at the big 10 tournament. And they showed up in force. They will be in place this entire time that Purdue is in the tournament. They'll buy as many tickets as they can. They'll make the short drive from West Lafayette and they will be loud. Don't underestimate the fact that Purdue is going to be showing up with a fan base. And not many of these teams have played against a fan base this year, as well as against an opponent. You know, Villanova. When they came to Creighton, and that would be their second round matchup if Villanova holds scene. We talked about them earlier. Villanova has played, I believe.
2: Oh, did we lose, Kevin? Okay, we lost him. That's all right, guys. We're about to break in a couple of minutes. Oh, damn. I was hoping to get a Final Four pick. Yeah. uh Uh, Who's coming down the nets?
3: Anyone but Gonzaga. (laughs) Yeah. He'll text us an answer or something. We can get it.
2: Yeah, guys. If you can, if you uh, catch up with a, uh, see if you can get his final four on year. It, it was a good point he was
3: making at the end. I mean, I, when I'm doing my projections, I didn't right. give Purdue any like home court edge or anything. So maybe I am underestimating what they can bring to the table. I I had said earlier they were my lowest rated of the four four seeds. Um, uh-huh. Well, with Virginia, obviously, a ton of uncertainty there with COVID related stuff. I, I maybe, and the fact that it is Villanova or Winthrop, and Villanova is not 100 percent healthy. But I don't know. Honestly, I just think Baylor would smack Purdue. <laughs> That's my personal yeah. opinion. I, I don't see that happening. But if there is some sort of we're just at home, stay in put, like we're ramped up, we got some fans. Maybe it's possible. Maybe maybe I was overlooking that. Some.
2: Yeah, I could. Uh, Sweet 16, second weekend. Sure, I could see that. Um, not something I consider too much either. Because I guess because you don't have many Indiana teams involved, as they're firing Archie Miller yesterday. Sure. Did you see one booster paid that entire thing? Uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, they, that's real. They, oh, wow. they want him, go, they wanted him out of there so bad. Wow. But yeah, not a lot of teams in Indiana. Nice. <laughs> yeah, how about it? Not a lot of teams in Indiana involved here. Purdue, everyone's saying they're a year away. I know there's a lot of people yeah. that would ju- be jumping on them uh, for futures coming up next year after this tournament wraps up. It's Joe Ostrowski and Preston Johnson. This is BetQL Daily. We're on Twitter at BetQL Daily. Weekdays, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Radio.com app, and you can watch us live on the Radio.com Sports uh, YouTube page. Coming up next, we're going to break down tonight's NBA card. Later in the hour, Evan Silva will drop by to talk some NFL free agency. You're locked into the BetQL Audio Network.
1: Okay.